This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DGS, big day in the news. Great show today. Everyone's done a nice job. Let's see if we can wreck this with Brad and Jeff Smith now. Uh, Brad Young and Jeff Smith join us to talk about uh, the developments today with the Hunter Biden indictment. And look, here's the thing. Like when I had Michael Kelly on, the first thing he said was, I don't really care about Hunter Biden, and and I don't either. Uh, the only thing, I, the only opinion I really have of him is I don't like him. And as a father, uh, I guess I'm a son too, but I, I just don't like what he's done to his dad, the position he's put his dad in. But his dad's a grown man. He, he makes his own decisions. But uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal in politics. And now we're looking at a situation where the uh, front runner on the Republican side is facing felonies that could put him in jail for a thousand years, literally. And now on the Democrat side, the incumbent, who by all appearances is going to run again, is in a position where if he chose to, he could could pardon his son, and there will be discussions about that. It's all just craziness. Uh, let's start with Brad. Brad, since you're the attorney here, uh, Jeff, you're not an attorney, are you? I'm not. Okay. For some reason, see, I'm, I, I, I think you're so smart. I think I always think you're an attorney and a doctor and a wizard. Uh, so, Brad, we had your colleague Chet Pleban on earlier in the show, and he said these are very serious charges. They're fairly easy to prove that if you apply for a gun uh, and you say that you are not using drugs or addicted to drugs, but uh, it's provable that you are, you can go to prison, real prison, for 10 years, and uh, and it's likely that that could happen. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, I do. Uh, I don't know that anyone ever gets the maximum charge for this, uh, but the most serious charges carry 10 years in prison and up to a quarter million dollars in fines. And in this instance, it's very easy to prove. Hunter Biden wrote a book that he specifically admitted that he was addicted to drugs at the time uh, that he had this purchased this firearm. So there's lots of evidence to convict here. I, I do have to tell you, I share Michael Kelly's assessment that to some extent, when we're just talking about the gun charges, uh, to me, it's it's functionally irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the sins of the children should not necessarily reflect upon the father. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's evidence, uh, as we kind of this blurs into the lines of whether President Biden should be impeached or not, if there's evidence of commingling of business deals where Hunter Biden may have been acting as a as a foreign representative or a foreign agent, getting his father involved, to me, that's very relevant. I'm not saying the charges are true or not. I don't know. But that at least is relevant to the presidency, whether Hunter lied on a gun charge in 2018 when uh, Biden was not even in office mm-hmm. in any way, to me, I think is functionally irrelevant. 
Jeff, I'm sure that you would agree with that, but uh, you're also savvy enough to know that the right is going to make as much hay out of this as possible. Yeah, I do agree with with Brad's uh, you know legal analysis, um, and I also agree with with your political analysis there uh, that of course the right will do whatever it can. The, the same people that don't want any type of gun regulation at all, no background checks, no red flag laws, no laws to uh, you know prohibit the sale of of a gun to a domestic, convicted domestic abuser. Now want to pounce all over Hunter Biden. For possessing a gun while he used drugs. So no small amount of irony there. But, you know, due to the fact that that uh, former President Trump is under indictment in four different jurisdictions, most of that evidence uh, is already, uh, you know, well known to all. And I think most objective analysts would agree that, uh, you know, he's he's in serious legal jeopardy. Uh, the New York case isn't isn't very serious, but the other cases are. And uh, Republicans are going to use anything they can to try to muddy the waters and associate Hunter Biden's legal troubles uh, with with Joe's. So on. Well, hey, hey, Dave, yeah, Dave, yeah, let, me, ahead, let me jump in here with this. Sorry to interrupt. But here's what I think is just an amazing jujitsu like fashion analysis here, because if Hunter, he does have very one very strong defense to these gun charges, and that is the Second Amendment. That is specifically the New York State and Rifle Pistol Association versus Bruin Supreme Court decision from 2022 and also D.C. versus Heller from 2008, which says you have an absolute right to own a firearm. So, again, in this in in this uh, amazing twist of fate here, if Hunter wants to challenge these gun charges, he could do so. But he would have to argue in favor of Supreme Court cases Mm. that his father has denounced. And I think that's extremely interesting from a political perspective uh, because he would have to say, you know, everything my dad said about those Second Amendment gun cases from the Supreme Court, he's all wrong on that. Really, they support my I mean, I can I can do all the drugs I want and own a gun. Just look at the Second Amendment, which, of course, would go diametrically against his father. Very interesting. So I obviously think that both of you guys are smart, reasonable people, but not everyone is out there. Uh, Jeff, let me start with you. The, the Republicans will try to make hay out of it. The Democrats will fight back and they're going to try to do this. They're going to try to do that. Uh, what, what do you think the long and short of this development is? Is this something that we're talking about in six months or something that we're done with in, in six days? Uh, I think we're going to be hearing about it um, from the kind of right wing noise machine through the election. Or let me amend that. Let me put one caveat. If Joe Biden decides not to run for re-election, we'll never hear about it again because it won't matter. And, you know, in the, exactly. <laughs> um, because, yeah, but, but uh, as long as he remains on the ballot, um, there will be every effort uh, as, you know, look at the impeachment inquiry that Kevin McCarthy just announced. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, uh, as, as you said in the intro, you know, and I think this is like a real big difference between the two parties right now. If you ask most Democrats about this, they don't say Hunter Biden is innocent and this is a total <laughs> fraud and a total sham. You know, um, what they say is, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. He's obviously sick. He's obviously got struggles with addiction. If he committed these crimes and it can be proven in a court of law, then he should pay for it. And if you ask Republicans about Donald Trump, they say, 
It's rigged. The weaponization of government, the weaponization of DOJ. He didn't do anything wrong. There were patriots on January 6th because they can't acknowledge reality when it comes to Donald Trump. And, and that's a real difference, uh, I think, between the prism that the, through which the two parties are viewing our legal system right now. Brad, do you agree? Well, to some extent. I mean, uh, I, I, I agree with everything that, that Jeff said right there regarding the analysis of the political fallout. The only thing that I would mention is, again, I'm a, I'm, I have no problems with admitting that I'm a very proud conservative, but I've been the one of the loudest critics of President Trump when it comes to the documents case. I think he has no defenses. I think he's going to go to jail on that case. Now, we don't know what jail will be like. You can't take Secret Service members with you, you know, when you're in the pokey. So they may have to come up with some kind of different way of putting him in jail, but he's got no defenses to that. So a lot of Republicans aren't screaming. You're not hearing Mitt Romney screaming about this stuff. And so when you say Republicans, I guess I would say the the MAGA Republicans is the only point that I would would, uh, differentiate with Jeff on, uh, because there are a lot of reasonable Republicans if you talk to Jim Talent right now, mm-hmm. he, he's not yelling and screaming and saying that the entire justice system is rigged. So it is a specific element of the Republican Party. Yeah, I, I would I would I would agree with you, Brad. I stand corrected. And I would say the the plurality as 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 the Republican primary uh, for president suggests right now, the plurality of Republicans seem to be viewing it that way. But certainly there's a lot of people out there like you, like Dave, like Mark Reardon you know, and others that are saying we got to turn the page if we want to be competitive in national elections. And what about a Tim Scott? What about a Nikki Haley? Sadly, uh, I'd like to get to that point, too, um, to turn the page. But unfortunately, it looks like only, you know, 25, 30 percent of your party uh, is, is in that camp. So so yesterday or the day before, Joe Scarborough said, hey, look, I know every Democrat out there and I'm telling you, whatever they're going to say on television, when the camera's not on, they're saying that Joe Biden should step aside. So, Jeff, I'll ask you the same question I asked Michael Kelly a couple hours ago. Do you think that this is a a moment or a toehold for some of those people to get Joe's ear and say, this is kind of the flashpoint. Maybe maybe this is when, uh, you know, you need to take care of your son. There are bigger issues. Maybe this is when you step aside. So I thought that that should have happened right after the 2022, you know, uh, midterm elections. I thought that would have been a great moment for Biden to kind of go out on top. We, you know, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act. We passed the, the Semiconductor Manufacturing Act. We passed, you know, some kind of sensible, you know, gun control stuff. There were four or five nice accomplishments that summer, fall. Then the the big win in the midterms, which is pretty unusual for a president's party to do well in the midterm elections. And then uh, I really thought that would have been a nice moment um, for him to kind of go out on a high. It's going to be difficult. Now there's no more going out on a high. Mm-hmm. Now his his only opportunity now is, you know, at a moment like this to mm-hmm. say, hey, I've got to focus on my family. Um, I, I think Joe Scarborough is, is, is correct. And most Democratic elites who are not currently employed uh, in this administration will say, gosh, what would we we would give anything for a Whitmer Warnock ticket or a Whitmer Buttigieg ticket or, a you know, Whitmer Evan Newsom, Whitmer, Whitmer West, Westmore. You hear her name a lot, the governor of Michigan, because Michigan is a swing state that she has successfully pushed into the Democratic camp, uh, you know, 
And so, and she's a, you know, compelling, attractive candidate. There's a lot of people who feel like it's a, you know, it's time to have a woman. Hillary didn't work out, but Whitmer is, I think, a much more adroit politician. So yes, I think Scarborough is correct. Jeff, how does that work? Like, like we've all watched West Wing and we've watched our favorite political movies, but you've been involved in this, at least on the state level. Like, how does it work? I mean, does someone, you know, uh, just go visit the White House and sit down in the Oval Office and have a little chat? I mean, how do the, the, the movers and shakers and power brokers get their messages across? So it's probably got to be, you know, five or six people who are real senior you know, senior states people in the party. You know, maybe it's a, uh, a Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Kerry McAuliffe, Dick Gephardt, uh, Chris Dodd, who, you know, was close to Biden in the Senate, then ran his vice presidential process. Maybe five or so people like that. Senior statesmen, very well regarded to go to the White House uh, and say, here's your gold watch. You performed an incredible service to the country by defeating Donald Trump. But given where things are, the stakes are too high for democracy right now to risk. And we, it's time for our generation to, to turn it over to the next generation. And if we thought these problems were fixable, you know, with more economic progress or an, an, passing another piece of legislation, we wouldn't be here. But even while the economy continues to be strong and you get some foreign policy achievements and other things, your numbers aren't really moving. And that seems to suggest that it's about something that can't be changed, which is your age. Yeah. And we're all of the same. You know, they're all of nearly that same yeah. generation. Yeah. And they could say we empathize with you. So, Jeff, yesterday I had Brad on to talk about the impeachment inquiry. And what I specifically want to ask you, because we, we kind of see what's going on on, on the, the right. And McCarthy's got, got his hands tied. He's got his own squad to deal with over there. Is there a uh, judo kind of flip thing that the Democrats could use to use this to their advantage? Or is it necessarily a bad thing any way you cut it for Biden? Hey, look, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It sure helped Clinton. In 1998, when he got him, you know, impeached over the Lewinsky mess and his ratings immediately jumped to uh, around 70 percent. And, you know, Democrats picked up seats in the 98 midterms. Again, a really unusual thing. So it's not necessarily, it, it might actually be the best thing that he has going for him is if independents perceive Republicans to be overreaching. If Republicans don't uncover any evidence that Hunter influenced policy while Joe was was either vice president or president, uh, then they'll just look like overreaching, uh, you know, um, extremists yeah. that uh, that have nothing else. And so that could be, you know, we're such we're such a polarized nation right now, Dave, that maybe the one thing that could happen that could really unify Democrats around Biden would be, mm. you know, a, an impeachment. Brad, I'll give you the final thought. Well, whenever Jeff was talking about someone who was too old, stuck around too long, and maybe should have bowed out earlier, I thought he was talking about Adam Wainwright. Oh, God. Uh, but <laughs> I really did. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we, we, we changed topics. But but listen, uh, the, the, the Democrats want Joe Biden to stay in there because the belief is that he 
represents the best choice, not a new choice, but a safe choice. He defeated Trump once. He can do it again. Uh, but listen, uh, he, I, I don't think that he's mentally competent and it's not an age issue. Look at Jim Clyburn in South Carolina. That guy's sharp as a tack and he's 81. But when you look at President Biden, I don't think and I question whether he has the ability to continue on as president. And I promise you, if he does get reelected, there's no way he serves an entire term. All right. Can I say one thing? Yes, yeah, you can, 15 Jeff. seconds, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's not so much the Democrats, you know, uh, I, I, not so much what would, as Brad just put it, I think it's the Democrats fear the prospect that Vice President Harris, if Biden gets out, would be an even weaker general election candidate. And that prospect or the chaos that could ensue with a, with a late exit by Biden is just too much uncertainty to bear. Great stuff. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Dave. 425 DGS, a little behind the scenes. So uh, on the break, I went to the bathroom and I thought it was the 430 break. And the 430 break is the longest oh, break yeah. we have. Yeah. So I thought I had plenty of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the bathroom watching TikTok, right? <laughs> and then it hits me like, oh, oh man, it's... It's the wrong break. It's a normal break. Yeah. And as Rach knows, I had to cut our walk uh, off early today because I'm wearing my Birkenstocks that Mm -hmm. are about five years past their life. And uh, I'm walking weird. And so now I have to run because I think, oh, my God, we're probably back and I'm missing the segment. So I'm loping through the hallway (laughs) like a Sasquatch with a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. And I turn the corner and run into our buddy Tony Scott, uh, who's... Mr. Cool. Yep. And here I am like, <laughs> and I tried to pull it together. I'm like, hey, what's up, Tones? And then I start running again. <laughs> that's that. That's how my break went. You know, the other day I got home and Lucy, my cat, had a piece of packing tape stuck to her back paw and she was just limping around and that's kind of how I'm picturing it. Do that thing where like every step they lift the foot up real high. Like She and I went for a walk today and it was so beautiful and so nice out and she kept wanting to go farther and I'm walking like Kaiser Soze in the (laughs) final scene. My shoes are messed up. I was like like a kindergartner. Every step I took it would scrape. (laughs) (laughs) He's just shuffling. And you have new Birkenstocks, correct? You're just afraid to put them on for some reason. You got to break them in, right? They're not broken in, in yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Not but they don't uh, break themselves in. These are, like, yeah, these not are gonna, my buddies. They're not going to yeah. hurt your feet more than your broken shoes that are making yeah. you scrape your feet along the Did sidewalk. Well, we, after being foot shamed by Amy the other day, <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, here's a red flag for me. When men show their feet at work, yeah, I was no like, toes. Mm. Can you get them like re-birkened? Yeah, you can, can get you them get refurbished and stuff. But like Rach said, I bought a brand new pair. Yeah. And they just sit there mocking me every day. You know, like smack them around and then you just like bend them and stuff. Yeah. So you do it like you're breaking in a baseball glove. Oh, speaking of, I found my glove. You did? Yeah, I'm bringing nice. it in. Let's go. Get out there and play my some My gear's always catch. in the trunk. See how far we can throw. Let's do. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when Dave says it. it you know, <laughs> what's really funny to me is let's go. It started off as a thing that all of my players did like four years ago that annoyed the crap out of me. So I started right. mocking them, and now I do it. Now I do it because you do it. I know. Yeah, I do it. No, I do it. <laughs> Can you tell Wheels about the TikTok I showed you and said, "Here's Wheeler." <laughs> he goes, "This is Wheeler in his basement," and it was a bulldog wearing like a hockey jersey. Watching. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eating pizza. Eating a pizza on a couch. It was so hilarious. Sitting like a person. I mean, it's probably 100 percent true. 
439 DGS. Not going to lie to you. We're going to finish the show in the next segment with uh, one of the funniest segments we've done in years. <laughs> and uh, like it kind of went viral around like our group and people texting like, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And so uh, stick around for that. It's You're welcome, guys. Really super funny. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my own presidential commendation. <laughs> You get the DGS Medal of Honor. Uh, Rach, tell me what bowl food is. Okay. The hot new trend is bowl food. And you might be wondering what that is. It's when you eat food out of a bowl. Oh, nobody's ever done that before. Hot new trend. Actually, it started in 2018. I stumbled across this article about Harry and Meghan's wedding. Mm -hmm. I guess that's when they got married. And they were like, we will be serving bowl food. And then the article went on to define it like, this is so quaint and so sweet. You eat the food out of a bowl. Oh, once again, I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah, I've never been ahead of a trend before. I have been eating everything out of a bowl forever. In fact, if you serve me salad on a plate, I'll throw it at you. Like, I don't know why salad is ever on a plate. You know what I like are those plates that are kind of like bowls. Oh, yeah. Those are sweet. Yeah. So, okay, serious question. I doubt it. Is that, <laughs> not, not that serious. Is that, is that a Hoosier thing? Is that like a Midwest? Yes, but you know what? Eating stuff out of bowls because I eat. Hey, it's good enough for Harry and Megan. Let me, let me defend Hoosiers. Being one, born uh-huh. and bred, Hoosiers don't put on airs. They figure out what works, and they do it. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes it's acid-washed jeans, but, I mean, like, we do stuff because it's functional. Like, I hate eating, like, pasta out of a plate, but every yeah, restaurant forever serves you stuff on a plate. And it's like, where's my bowl? This is another one of those things where, like, somebody just took a thing that already existed and just gave it a new name. Yes. Okay. I thought so. But now it's popular, so mm-hmm. you can feel cool when you eat your bowl food. I thought I saw a TikTok not that long ago, and it was like Gen Z something, something like Gen Z out here just renaming crap like it's theirs. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that, like they're discover. It was like what? Oh, it was out here like they're just like they're Columbus discovering America. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's another trendy thing. Uh, it's adult parties where they. Well, that sounds bad. Adults having go. parties. Speaking of bowl food, <laughs> and they're doing spelling bees at the parties. Oh. I've also seen smack you in the face. Yeah, Hoosiers aren't doing that. Uh, I've also <laughs> no, seen on sir. TikTok people doing those PowerPoint parties. Have you ever seen no. this? No. Basically, oh, I love you, those. You PowerPoint pick, parties. Yeah, you pick yeah. a subject and you do a PowerPoint pre- presentation to your friends about it at a party. Ooh, grown people. people. Grown people. It, th- those Adult look like a parties. lot of fun. I know that my brother and his girlfriend have done a bunch of those. Like they look like fun, but it also looks like homework. Do work. It does yeah. look like homework, doesn't it? But my question to you guys is, if you had to do some sort of dorky activity at a party, like, what what dork thing would you like to bring into a party environment that you think would be fun? For me, I really like to organize. So if someone was like, <laughs> we're going to organize my kitchen, I'd be like, oh yes, God. this is fun. Give me a glass of wine and I'll take care of the silverware drawer. Oh, man. Nothing jumps to mind like oh, okay. that. Well, I guess I'm the only one. With no, there's got to be something. No, there's got to be something. I mean, if I, I could just invite all my friends over and they could just clean my house, right? Cleaning That's party. That's not how it works. I want to do a party where you all just scare each other. 
Oh yeah, you want a prank, prank party? party. Prank, par- prank party, let's yeah. go! Yeah, you want to you want to party? You're invited. Where... You're invited. You're invited. Yeah, Everyone I, throws frozen love, water I'd balloons. I'd love to be there, other. but I have to be at a PowerPoint party. So. <laughs> I, that might be the only party I would less oh want to go to God. than a Wheeler prank party. This I'm only is going happening. if you're serving bowl food. You know, All right. You know we'll funny? do bowl food at the prank party. You know what's funny is the whole, like, Gen Z's thinks they're inventing everything. <laughs> so Phoebe is a freshman at KU. And, of course, what a freshman at KU do? And they go out and they party and they drink. And she's pretty open with her, her mom and I, you know. Uh, but it's hilarious to hear them think that they invented shots or <laughs> yeah. getting too drunk or it's just like, oh, yeah, we never did that. If you put the alcohol in a tiny cup, we find we don't yeah. get quite as much. Uh, it's really tiny. It's small. <laughs> I'm, sure we, I'm sure we all did that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a rite of passage to just feel like you're trailblazing and everyone in in front of you had no idea what they were talking about. But with the advent of TikTok and social media, the fact that we can all see what they're talking about makes it a little more cringy, you know? Like I've said this before, but a lot of Gen Z people on TikTok and YouTube and stuff seem to think that they invented classic rock. They're like, have you heard of this band Led Zeppelin? Yeah, have really you guys good. ever heard of ACDC? Yeah, in <laughs> fact, I have heard of them. Yeah, so have millions of the people mm-hmm. that bought their records. These guys suck. Yeah, Gen Z, I'm sick of you guys. I'm so tired of them. I liked yesterday when I referenced Gen, Gen Alpha and Wheels like they're eleven. <laughs> yeah. No, the oldest ones are let's, eleven. Let's not, yeah. let's not even let's not listen to them yet. Give them any credit <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 